This is Turning Left, a NASCAR podcast. Tune in each week for race recaps, race previews, winner predictions, gambling odds, and driver fantasy scores. Buckle up, hold your line, and keep turning left. Turning left, back here again to recap the race at Richmond over the week. Another short track race. I'm here with Calman. Calman, as always, how you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. It's uh, a Monday, so you know all the uh, the cliches that go with that. But uh, overall, though, not bad for a Monday. We had a bit of a hectic week, which caused us to miss an episode last week. So we got a lot to talk about this week. We did not have a race prediction episode for Richmond, but we did have our picks in our fantasy lineup that we'll talk about. Um, I won't go down all of them, but uh, you know, I definitely wanted to mention you know my race winner I had picked going into this week. I felt really good about was Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin just really having a really really nice season. And he's very good at this track. He's been up in every race, and I'm just thinking in the you know he he's got to get it. What you know he he's going to capitalize on one of these races, and you know it turned out to be kind of ironic the way this race came out. It's really been the theme of the season, as we'll talk to. But uh, who did you have this week? Uh, I picked Martin Truex Jr. I really had a good feeling, especially with him being on the pole. That was something that I meant to mention in our last episode. That you know because we were kind of talking about how you know how good he's been. Um, I wanted to mention he was on the pole, um, which was kind of like a, a preview to uh, my pick uh, for, for that week. So yeah, I, I picked Martin Truex Jr. I thought he was going to uh, win two times in a row. Uh, he is the only multi-race winner, so that would have uh, definitely put him ahead here if he was able to get three wins before anybody else was even able to come close to two, really. He did have a nice race. I guess we'll kind of get into it here with the standings, but we'll go down from 10 to 1, and then we'll talk a little bit about the results here. But number 10 was Austin Dillon. Number 9, Matt DiBedetto. Number 8 was Kyle Busch. Number 7, William Byron. Number 6, Eric Almirola. Number 5, your pick, Martin Truex Jr., did lead 107 laps. Christopher Bell. Joey Logano, number three, and Denny Hamlin, number two, who really dominated most of this race. I I literally think I'm going to set a record this year for most wins picked that wind up in second place because this is, I I kid you not, like the fifth time that has happened. (laughs) My race winner ends up in second place. So I'm so close. I just can't get it. He dominated. He led 207 laps. He, He won both stages. And as I just said, you know, the theme of the season is, is he just really cannot close. And he was very disappointed to give the win over to my driver. And I'm very excited about uh, for that. But it's Alex Bowman came out of nowhere here with a win after a late restart caused by Kevin Harvick. And, you know, this win was really interesting. We'll get into a l- little bit of the pitch strategy um, that really skyrocketed him past Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano because it was primarily those two drivers really fighting it out pre-Harvick crash. And, um, you know, it, it really makes you wonder. I mean, Alex Bowman at the time of that crash with 15 to go, I think was something like 15 seconds behind in third. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was had, completely out of it. He, he was completely out of it. And it, it is unfortunate for Denny Hamlin, um, again, because he was right there. You, you, you lead so much of the race and, you know, you have such a successful race. Anything but first is just disappointing. Alex Bowman, on the other hand, who had said, you know, coming out of the restart would have been happy with just a top five finish. He had mentioned that their short run speed uh, was awful this race, um, which kind of goes into the pit strategy that really propelled him to the win from Greg Ives. Um, you know, they really 
I, I believe, uh, so I have a quote here from Alex Bowman, and, and this is kind of what he said here um, when asked uh, you know, about some of the adjustments they made. And he said, to be honest with you, we were terrible in short runs. They had to overcome a pit road speeding penalty, as I said previously. We restarted third, and I'm like, if we get out of here with a solid top five, we'll be good. We overcame a lot today. I don't know if, and he's referencing uh, Greg Ives, his crew chief, of course. I don't know if Greg Ives pumped the pressures way up or what he did, but that's more grip than I've ever had in a race at Richmond, and it worked out really well. And you saw that on the restart. He was basically glued to that bottom of the track. I mean, Denny had no shot, but it was really a risk here because as you saw, I mean, they did run into uh, lap traffic at the very end, laps two and three, but that grip really started to give out. And they did talk to Greg Ives a little bit about the decision. And um, he said, you know, they've had some adjustments in mind and that competition caution in the first 30 allowed them to kind of play around with some adjustments and, you know, what he thought he needed. And it really was a gamble here at the end to, to put basically everything into just being able to run, you know, 10 good laps because by the end of that, I mean, Denny Hamlin was catching up. And again, part of that is due to lap traffic, but even Joey Logano had mentioned if there was another lap or two, uh, he doesn't know if Bowman's going to be able to hold on. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely seemed like um, Bowman was getting pretty unlucky with that lap traffic. I mean, they were just constantly in his lane. They were not moving out of the way uh, very effectively. Um, and you, you know, just saw like it was, it was starting to close up. I thought Hamlin might have a shot to get him there uh, with one to go. Um, I was kind of holding my breath a little bit, similar to when uh, when Byron was was leading at Homestead. You just, you know, you kind of are just wondering, okay, what's going to happen? You know, he's been having bad luck, and he is finally in a position to win. He had a super clutch pass on Denny Hamlin, and it's like, what is going to go wrong? Denny Hamlin is going to be seeing Hendrick cars in his nightmares after this year. Uh, and, you know, even like the little back and forth he had with Chase last year. And it, it is unfortunate because if you look at the point standings, he is just dominant right now. He's got almost a hundred point lead over number two, Martin Truex Jr. Of course, in the projected playoffs, uh, which, you know, these rankings will be reseeded based off wins, standings, um, stage finishes, things like that. But he's at 434 points. He's had a top 10 in every race except for one in which he finished 11th. And I also have another stat here. So for Denny Hamlin, this second place finish, it's the eighth top five finish in the opening nine races for him. And that's an all-time record for top fives to start the season without a win. And again, he's been in pretty much every every single race. And you know it's going to come around one of these times. Or maybe you know he'll just uh, he'll make it a point to <laughs> not win a race this season and then win a championship. Uh, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> and it is very right? possible the way yeah. that this season has been going. We are going to see, I think, a race winner not make the playoffs. With, with the way the season's been going. And, you know, we had kind of hinted at that, like, you know, three, four weeks into the, into the season, it, it was crazy with, you know, the array of winners we had. And, um, it, it just really, nothing has changed. Martin Trek still remains the only multi-race win driver. And next week we had to Talladega, which is, you know, incredibly unpredictable. Who knows what's going to happen there. So it's going to get really interesting. Alex Bowman, you know, I did want to talk a little bit about his, uh, emotion at the end there. So Bowman broke down in the post-race interview, dedicating the victory to former crew member William Rowdy Harrell, who died last November in a traffic accident that also claimed the life of his wife, Blakely, on the couple's honeymoon in Florida. So he was very emotional at the end of this race, um, as so he kind of broke down in that post-race interview. Something that I thought was interesting, too, was at, at the end... <laughs> 
his crew chief came over and said that was a weak burnout. And I actually thought it was a pretty good burnout uh, compared to some of the ones we've seen this year. But he said, ah, it's okay. Or to some extent, he said, I'm paraphrasing here, but that's okay. Nobody likes us anyway. And I really don't know that, I don't think he understands probably um, how many fans he actually does have. I mean, he's a really humble guy. He really hasn't ruffled any feathers in his time in NASCAR. And when he did take the lead, there was an audible cheer you heard from the crowd. And I don't know if that's just because it, you know, he took the lead from Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin, who are, <laughs> don't, you know, have a lot of, uh, you know, have a lot, just as many uh, haters as they do fans. Yeah. But I, I thought that was interesting that he said that. And I, I think he'll probably gain a lot of fans, you know, just from that post-race interview. And he, the more he gets, he, he's a pretty quiet guy. He doesn't post a ton on social media. He doesn't draw a ton of attention. But I know, uh, you know, I congratulated him on our Instagram page last night and, you know, immediately was uh, met with comments and, and likes that kind of said the same thing. You know, people very happy for Alex Bowman. So, Hendrick did come out this week, too, and say that they are working on a contract extension for him. So he is going to be a big part of this Hendrick Motorsport team. And I think somewhere there's an alternate timeline or an alternate reality where Alex Bowman has like four wins this season. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, he like even going back to uh, to Martinsville last week, I think he had the best Hendrick car um, out of out of the four and he just has bad luck. But, I mean, he's had speed pretty much every week, though. It's just, you know, a matter of, you know, either getting a, a tire rub or losing a gear in your transmission. I mean, it's just he's kind of seen it all, and he still managed to get a win in one of his uh, his weakest tracks. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with Bowman. I mean, he he has a win in uh, the three, in three straight seasons now. So I know a lot of people are like kind of giving him crap earlier on in the season, but I mean, he's, he's a good driver. He has a lot of talent. You know, he's definitely right up there with the, the rest of the drivers over at, uh, at you know, HMS. I, I agree. And Steve Letarte said on his, his podcast too, the same thing that when he was originally called up to replace Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, you know, he had his, you know, he was a little hesitant to say that he was the right choice, but he had said like, you know, quoted himself, I guess, but basically every time that, you know, I, I, you know, say something negative about him or I start to think he's maybe not the right guy. He proves me wrong. And yes, while he only does have three wins, I mean, he is up there. He is competitive. If they can get it worked out, he could definitely be a threat this season for sure. Hendrick as a whole, I mean, has a very bright future. We've talked about that before. We've even mentioned, you know, who's going to be the last, uh, or we've even mentioned before, you know, they're probably going to get four drivers in victory lane this, this season. And they already have three. And Chase is licking his chops, looking at six road courses coming up. So, yeah. you know, I don't want to say he's a lock, but there's a pretty good shot. He's going to have some opportunity later in this season. Yeah. I mean, even at Talladega this weekend, you know, it's uh, he definitely has a good shot to win that, too. I mean, that's kind of anybody's race. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that, you know, last year's defending champion is the last driver on the team that hasn't won yet. And, you know, you have Bowman that has shown great speed all year. Byron, uh, who also has won, and he has uh, seven straight top tens um, going into Talladega. Then you have Larson, who he's had a a rough couple of uh, the last, you know, couple weeks. But once again, he's shown a lot of good speed this year, and he has a win under his belt. So it's like it's insane to think how young this team is and – Right now, it, it just seems like they're all clicking on all cylinders except Chase Elliott, but he's going to have all these road courses coming up that he's probably going to get one or two wins or maybe more 
off of those races. So it's just kind of crazy to think about. I, I really hate saying, you know, somebody's a lock to win a race because nobody's ever a lock, and especially the way this season has been going. But you have to think Chase is going to get a road course win this this season, especially mm-hmm. after the way he performed last year. So for sure, I, I think we will see all four drivers in, in uh, victory lane. And I think we're going to have 400 cars in the playoffs this year, too. I mean, they are just have been by far the best team as a whole, I think, this season. This is the first time since 2017 the 48 was back in victory lane here, and it was also the same week that Jimmy Johnson made his IndyCar debut as well. Um, I didn't catch that race, but he finished 19th out of 24 drivers. Uh, You know, basically a rookie for him this season in IndyCar. So uh, he, Jimmy Johnson, I did see a quote saying, you know, he was happy with the race. I'm gonna have to go back and watch the race um, Mm -hmm. recap, or at least just check it out. But pretty, pretty uh, cool that it was the same week Jimmy Johnson makes his. IndyCar debut that the 48 comes back in victory lane. Yeah. What are the chances of that? And it's, it's allies first time in victory lane. Uh, it's, it's, it's so insane that it's been so long since that 48 car has, has, you know, seen a a win. It's just, it's so crazy to me that of all days it happened when Jimmy Johnson was, you know, going in, into IndyCar. It's, it's, it just kind of blows my mind. Absolutely. And it's uh, Ally has been such a good sponsor to NASCAR, too. So good for them finally getting it in there. They deserve it as well. Alex Bowman got a much needed redesign on that 48 car. And I think it's, it's one beautiful. of the best in NASCAR now. It just looks yeah. gorgeous. So hopefully, you know, I'm hoping, of course, that we see that more in Victory Lane. But of course, I am biased. So this week, we will have a race preview episode for you. Uh, I know, speak for myself and Calman when I say we're very excited for Talladega. Talladega goes back to us playing NASCAR 2004 and uh, <laughs> trying to play co-op basically over the phone as we're oh driving God, in the yeah. race, uh, you know, as if we're in the same race because we didn't have online to play <laughs> multiplayer. And we'd always end up at Talladega. So probably my favorite track to watch. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but I'm very excited for this race. And uh, we're going to have some good stuff for you later this week. So Calman, I don't know. Did you have anything else? I'm just I'm excited for Dega. You know, it's basically Daytona on steroids, so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. We need it too after all this short track racing. I like short track racing, but this will be a nice way to break it up. So, uh, yeah. thank you guys again for listening. We'll be back later this week, and we'll see you. See you.